You're listening to Sabbat Shalom on Open Lines Radio. I'm here with Brother Doug. My name is Mark, by the way. What's up, Doug? Oh, things are good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing okay? Yeah. yeah. It's been uh, like a week and a half or so since we talked. How have things, what's been going on? It's been, uh, well, it's been good. Things, it's had a nice little, nice little week this week. Last week was really, really busy. Um, every once in a while we have these stretches of work where there's, there's nighttime activities and, you know, you have the work day and then the nighttime stuff. Yeah. And last, last week we had, um, something every night, Monday through Saturday. And so, um, was feeling it and this, I thought this week was going to be busy and some dominoes fell and, uh, it, uh, ended up not being as busy. And so, um, it was nice. I went to a jazz game one night. Were you at the game where the guy threw the water off the table? No, I said the one before that, which I, I wish I was at that one. That would have been good. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all over. It's all over the uh, the internet, as they say. And um, went meditated on Wednesday night. So that was that was fun. Have you ever meditated? Been like to an actual class? No. How does 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 Holly meditate? Holly goes to things. Yeah. <laughs> Have well, you ever I mean, like I mean, that? I've been to, we have a, uh, there's a, a Buddhist monastery, um, mm-hmm. Deer Creek Monastery that's nearby. Yeah. And we've gone and done, we go, occasionally we go, in fact, I should have gone this morning. It was such a beautiful day outside. We go yeah. do their walking meditations. I think every Thursday morning and Sunday morning, um, it's just a silent, they like I gather everyone in a little group and sing a couple little yeah, almost children's songs, and then you just yeah. follow the monks as they kind of walk through the woods, through the paths. Oh, wow! And you, nobody says anything; it's just a walking, and then everybody kind of sits there at the end. But it's not really—it's not a guided meditation, right? Yeah, that sounds—that sounds actually pretty nice. And then you go so you have a—you go to the temple or the big meeting place after the meditation, and there's a—they have a dharma talk, uh-huh. and then you can go have a nice um, little vegetarian lunch if you want to stick around that long it's nice oh that is nice that is nice and this is my silent as well it's silent uh meditative eating oh is there like background music playing or anything or is it just like chewing no it's just like clinking of silverware huh. and... uh, that surprises me a little bit yeah <laughs> that's i i see the value in it um in just that kind of contemplative state, you know, uh, I think I'd be distracted by all the food sounds. Well, I don't think but... you're supposed to like go into any kind of weird meditative state. It's more oh. to just be aware <laughs> okay. of, your, yeah. of the moment. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But I haven't done any any type of guided meditation. Yeah. Where yeah. there's like somebody leading a meditation, other than like stuff online and stuff I've yeah. done with like friends on Periscope and stuff. I've I've done the online ones primarily for sleep, just because um, I tend to my mind tends to start, you know, livening up as I as I go to bed or I'll wake up in the middle of the night. So I've done those um, online, but this is my first one in an actual guided class, and um, it was okay. Like strange enough, is it was the environment. So before the class started, we went there kind of early. So we were the first ones there um, with the teacher, and she yeah, had this. So um, 
you'd probably nobody else would know this, but you remember where the rock loft is? Yeah. So there's a new building near that, and so for people who don't know, it's it's in this neighborhood so you that was meditated like, in Fruit Heights, Utah. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and what was what was interesting about it is, so for those who don't know, this building is like right next to the base of the mountains, and and then the mountains are right there. And it was nighttime, this and is it the snowed. Front. Yes, along the Wasatch Front, and um, it had snowed that night. And this part of the neighborhood there's not like businesses around it's just houses and stuff except and for so, the rock loft except for the rock loft which was closed and it's mostly and, just like what like it's like an art gallery and yeah, a bakery craft craft store and stuff like that and I, in fact i don't i don't even know if business i don't know how they stay in business or if businesses are really there or, or whatever well, that bakery is very delicious is it i've never <laughs> been there you should go early I, enough to get a soup bowl one day oh nice um, and I don't ever go to this part of the neighborhood. I mean, there's no reason to go over there unless you live there. Um, I guess if you're going up on a hike or something, cause there's some canyons right there, but, um, uh, it, w- it had just snowed. And so we went into this room and it was nice and warm and the lights were all off and she had this, I don't know, this like meditative music and just looking out just to the snow and it was dark and you had some street lights and there's no cars around. And there's snow on the mountains, and it's just big, dark mass. Like that, to me, actually was probably one of the most um, enjoyable parts because it was, I don't know, it was really cathartic just to sit there in this warm space with this music kind of waiting for the class to start um, and just taking in the, the scenery. That was, that was, that's why I think the walking tour is actually kind of nice because um, it was really contemplative. But, uh, the class was the class was okay. I um, I got into a zone where where I was kind of neither here nor there. You know, you're not asleep, but you're not awake. But it didn't last very long. And then um, and then within within a few moments, my mind started going. You know, back to some stresses I had from earlier in the day. Um, but it was interesting because uh, Jamie was worried. Uh, so my wife was worried that like I was going to find it really weird because she was the one prompting me to go to this thing. And, um, and I can't say that I found it weird, but, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but just the general concept of like communal, I don't know if you even call it spiritual practice. Cause like she had bowls and she'd make sounds with bowls and chimes and crystals and different things like that. And, um, it was cool, but I wouldn't say I found it weird, but I just, it, I, I didn't feel like I. You had a got hard it. time letting go. Yeah, of your yeah, ego that's ex- to join the yeah, group. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And 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 um, I, when we were driving home, I still I said it, in a weird way, it's it felt similar to church to me, like how church sometimes feels. And and she thought that was very weird because it's it's not like church at all, you know. Um, but uh, so I think I've got some some work I've got to well, do there with. It's, it's, it's <laughs> people coming together into one it location is. to practice. Some, I mean, that's what church is. That's what prayer is. It's just meditations. Yeah. On a, on a general on a very general term, it's very similar. In in like the what the what the physical experience is like looks very different, right? But but in a general sense, it's it's the same idea. And well, so it takes practice. 
it and that's the thing is is i i'm not eager to necessarily go back but i didn't have a bad time and um i'm not saying i won't ever do it again you know yeah but but yeah i kind of have that shot. same thing when it comes to those kind of things because mm-hmm. i just can't let myself let go yeah well and i um uh, yeah, I, I just roam in my thoughts. But, I mean, it's like anything. It takes practice. It takes time to get there. So yeah. It's like I went and did a, a float tank. Uh-huh. Oh, I w- I've wanted to do those. And you get down in it, and for, like, the first, it's an hour and a half. Uh-huh. And I, I'm laying there, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to lay here for an hour and a half. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then you finally, I finally, like, was able to, like, let go enough. To yeah, like drift off, and then all of a sudden yeah. the lights come on. So it's kind of the same thing. I like. I think I need more practice at it so that I can get mm-hmm. into that state quicker. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not spending the first hour trying to get it, like trying to force myself into that state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and well, with the sensory deprivation, is that what it was? Is that yeah. that tank or whatever? Uh-huh. I'm curious. What what does that feel like? Well. The ones I've seen, like, online are, like, actual tanks that you're enclosed in. Uh-huh. This one I went to was more like just a big bathtub. Uh-huh. Because I'm a pretty big guy, so I need... Yeah. I was I was worried about going to one of those smaller enclosed tanks because I just was worried, like, when I hit the side, it would yeah. just pull me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so... But it was cool. It was... I mean, it's like, it's like room temperature or body temperature water, so it's not like you're in this... Like, it's warm, you know? So uh-huh. like, there were like physical things that kept pulling me out as well. Like the top half of my body was cold, while oh. the part that was under the water, because you're floating above the water, naked, right? You know, yeah. And so yeah. like, you're you're cold. Your skin's exposed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's things like that that kept pulling me out. But what was cool about it was like feeling like my muscles pop. You know, like hearing that like travel uh-huh. through the water because as you're sitting there weightless suddenly like your muscles are stretching out there's they don't have to like hold you up and there's like no they're not working anymore yeah so they're able yeah. to relax and it was it was it was almost more of a, a physical release than any kind of mental yeah but i should have bought a three pack and gone a couple more times but right i wanted to try well, I, it once first i think the the physical because that's like this last week when when i felt like i got into a state of like where I was, where it was working, it was when I was focusing on, you know, like you start, you go through your, like you intentionally go through the parts of your body to kind of release the tension and all that stuff. Um, that's when I could actually feel like, oh yeah, this is, this is working. And I, and I went on a particular, a particularly stressful day. I was really stressed about some things that had happened that day. And so my mind just was not ready to, to be done thinking about those things. Um, and so, and so maybe I'll give it another shot, but but yeah, anyway, that was my week a little bit. Huh. So yeah. So that's so. What was your takeaway from it? Um, good. Oh, I definitely think it's good. I, on a on a on just a practical level, I think the process of taking time to intentionally clear the mind, focus on on like receiving, I think that is worthwhile, and so. So there's no part of me that thinks it's n- not valuable. I just think that um, my experience was not as 
um, just wasn't as effective as I had hoped it would be going into it. And so, well, you don't come from a, a background that's really right. open to that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's going to take a little while. Yeah. So, so that's where I was. Cause I know because it takes because I don't even, I don't do that. Holly goes and does that stuff usually on her own because I don't know. It's probably like the same thing happened. Like when you relate it to church, it's like the same thing happens. To, I'm just too cynical in my head. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I remember the last time I was actually like attempting to go to church. Like I just I sit there thinking I can't be here. Like everything anybody says, I'm just in my head. Like yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like arguing this argument in my head. Yeah. what an idiot this person is and then it's not the same thing as meditation like group meditation things like and those kind of spiritual practices in groups mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just more aware of myself like feeling yeah. stupid yeah well and I I was well here here were the two challenges I had well three challenges one is we started with the stretch and um I'm a physically active guy, but I am not a limber guy. And so just, and I know you're only supposed to stretch to like, you know, you don't want to be pushing yourself too far, but I was uncomfortable in the stretches at the beginning. And so that kind of pulled me out just, just the pain of the stretch. And then, um, and like I was saying, my, my mind was going, but then once I was out of it and she was, she was talking about like, imagine this and imagine that it was, where my mind kept on going was this was the religious thing of this. My experience just reminds me of like in a fast and testimony meeting where people are thinking of what to say next and what, and it just, that's where, and so my mind kept on focusing on that. And again, those are my own hangups. That's not anything to there's, she did nothing wrong and she, she actually did a really good job, but those are, those are just things that I need to work on more than, more than anything wrong with the practice, you know? Yeah. But, that's but anyway, good. that's good. You're self-aware that it's you, not them. Yeah, that's me too. So, um, but I've I've had some other thoughts this week that I want to talk about. Unless there's anything you want to go down. Oh, let's just conclude that by saying there are also people who find great connection to rocks. Yeah. And I, while I feel very um, earthbound and connected with earth, uh-huh. I don't really understand like connection with like crystals and stuff on a personal yeah. level but i do yeah. recognize it as something other people can do and so it's just kind of that same thing where it's like it's different strokes for different folks yeah uh, absolutely and i and i have i have gotten i'd say that in my own in my own life i'm pretty cynical about some of certain practices but i do i do firmly believe that um giving when when people find something that works and giving themselves permission to like experience it um that they i i do believe that they have like meaningful experiences through those um and a good portion of it is is giving yourself permission to just go with it yeah. and different um, people can tap into different frequencies and i yeah. can't tap into all frequencies and so i get like we need to learn to be good with people like 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 yeah absolutely hey. The, the rocks don't sing to me. Yeah. <laughs> you're comfortable with that with me. I'm comfortable with the fact that they sing to you. Oh, you're you're saying you're saying it goes both ways, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Absolutely, I'm with you on that. All right. So what uh, else? <laughs> so I've I've been thinking a little bit about fears recently, and here's why. Um, there, 
and sometimes they're just like irrational fears and i might be conflating fears with worries but so a couple things happened so recently my son who's 13 they went he went to this neighborhood christmas party uh with some friends in the neighborhood and they um they they went to it they had the whole thing and the friends went into this um room in the in the in the church building and uh we're just kind of talking hanging out time goes by they come out of the room and the building's empty right uh-huh. and so they uh he kind of has this panic they call the friend's parents they come pick him up and they're just kind of waiting there well um for them to come pick him up. And he was talking about how f- afraid he was that he was going to get kidnapped. <laughs> like oh, you're at a church. Son? Yeah. Yeah. My 13 year old son. And, and I'm thinking like, why, why are you afraid of getting kidnapped? And he's like, I uh-uh, just, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of it. I, I, I don't know. It's just one of these things that just kind of in my mind that he gets, he gets worried about it. And, and I think I, I remember having those fears as well. I think it's just kind of like a, a semi-normal, um, thing he, he really for, for him it was like I'm at this place people don't don't necessarily know I'm here and it was it a uh, like a church building that was like not in a different city but far away from the neighborhood so it's from like where we further away from where we live like not walking distance and so I think there's just this element of I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone so I'm worried about that and then when I go places um, so we're our kids are at an age where where Jamie and I can go we can leave them at home like they, they they can be independent and so we we can leave them like when we go shopping or um we went to like the jazz game this week we didn't leave them home alone but but we are separate from them and i often have this worry or fear like one of one of my big fears is dying um not because i'm necessarily scared of death but what i'm afraid of is leaving the kids without their parents and so um when we're at places like, for example, when when Jamie and I are together, and if something were to happen, they would be they would be without us, right? Mm-hmm. And exactly. and so it's and I and I, I have this feeling that our fears come from really they come from like one or two places, and sometimes both. They come from either like our insecurities, or um, they're also maybe kind of like this insight to to what we value maybe both like for example like my fear of dying really comes from my insecurity and and i value my family and i definitely do not want them growing up without me and i know like i can trace that to i didn't grow up with a father and i i want i want to be there for my kids kind of thing and so um i'm just kind of curious where if you've had, and I think with like my son, for example, like that fear of, it's just a, a general fear of he has insecurity of, he's not sure where he, he kind of further from home. He's not sure um, anybody knows where he's at. So it kind of comes from this place of insecurity, but like with like, what are your main fears or fears that you've had that were dominating in the past or present? Well, it's funny. And are they you, similar? When you said you wanted to talk about fears, the first thing that popped into my head was I really only have one fear and that's leaving my kid without a father. <laughs> oh, that's my, that's my fear. So like, that's yeah. the thing that like, when that's like that same thing, like when, when Holly and I are off together and kids are like at school or like, so I've had that feeling before, you know, mm-hmm. we'll go down to the ocean while the kids are at school 
And it's like, what if something were to happen? And they're like waiting to get picked up. And yeah, we both were together. So now they've got this whole mess to deal with without, you know, on their own. Yeah. And that's when I kind of like clutched the steering wheel a little tighter and uh-huh. start driving a lot more defensively, you know, mm-hmm. maybe start turning into an old grandpa driver, slowing it down a little bit. Yeah. And, and I also, I think where you live, where you live specifically, where I grew up in that same yeah. town, mm-hmm. is kind of like kidnap, like influenced. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you remember, you probably don't, it was right before we moved there. Uh-huh. Like right before, so like this would have been like 1980, in the early 80s, like somewhere yeah. between 81 and 83, some girl yeah. was kidnapped from the 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. And our cousin, it was like our cousin's friend. Uh-huh. And I don't know that they ever found her. If they did find her, she she didn't live. And uh-huh. like for some reason, like that little town, like embraced this. Well, like, like became kidnapped. Fear, 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 everyone was scared of getting kidnapped. And now I have my kids where I have, they're somewhere. And it's like, I can't, like I'll, I'll lock the door when mm-hmm. in the car if they're waiting for me, if I run into a store, because it's like, I don't want you to get kidnapped. And they're like, Dad, have you seen the size of Ian? <laughs> Nobody's gonna kidnap. The, like I, like I pity the guy who tries. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and I, I still have that fear of, of the, of that. Right. Well, and our neighbor. Back to that point is, I think that stems from Ted Bundy because um, um, I'm pretty sure it was Ted Bundy. It was it was a, a serial killer, and I'm pretty sure it was Ted Bundy. Yeah, he was. It was about forty miles south. Yeah. Well, and he and he spent time in in our neighborhood and in fact the the rumor has it that he um knew somebody on our street and um was coming to pick up one of our neighbors or something like that and so i think that um that probably had a huge influence on that um that sentiment around the community um and i'm sure it still exists because why wouldn't it yeah exactly and, and your son and so, is now growing up in that same uh-huh. climate and also fearing kidnapping. Well, and he... And, and I mean, so Elizabeth he, Smart was right there, too, you know? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, well, and he, he has to walk home. He walks home from school. I mean, it's less than a mile. It's not far. But I think that sense of being alone, walking home, I think that probably plays into it as well. well you you and, walked home alone in that same area did you ever feel that way walking home um yeah i think i think i definitely remember having fears of being kidnapped i wouldn't say it was was ever pressing or pressing like it wasn't like this or it was it wasn't always on my mind um but it was it was something i think about and i I never thought about me actually getting kidnapped but but like you say like it was like kidnapping was something i I, Mm -hmm. walked home too and i never really remember the only thing i remember thinking was all these assholes that won't pick me up in the snow because I don't show up to church. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I was always afraid of getting my ass kicked, even though they, there was no reason <laughs> reason for it. But, you know, like just that fear of somebody just pulling up and, you know, jump doing you. a number on you. Yeah. But um, it, so I, 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 I'm curious of, so I, I can relate like key fears for whether it's myself or, you know, family members or whatever, like where those come from. I think, again, I think it generally comes from a place of insecurity or a place of, um, 
worrying about losing something that we value um or maybe a sense of trauma like that whole idea of not being there for that may be a normal feeling like not being there for your kids um that, that is probably a normal feeling for parents i would say i i feel that a little more i am much than 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 the typical like i i am much more likely to stay home not go on long outings with with friends and just because i prefer i'm a homebody and i want to be around my kids and i've kind of built this situation where i'm with my family regularly and that is of high value um and you would you find yourself pretty similar like that you think that's influenced from dad or do you think that's just something else well yeah i feel that for sure but it it's, gets less and less as the as kids move away from home yeah now i have two that don't live at home and so, like, at first, that was kind of weird, you know, mm-hmm. when the oldest first moved out and I'm on the phone talking to her every day. And then eventually yeah. it goes to every week. <laughs> eventually yeah. it goes to, yeah. you know, every couple of weeks. And then the set, by the time the second one moves out, you're already kind of, you've already kind of been through that separation factor yeah. to where you're like, you have to remind yourself to call her, you know? Or to, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, I better check in and make sure she's still, she hasn't been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's probably they, they both live on their own, separate. You know what uh-huh. I mean? These girls in Southern California, and so, and 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 like suddenly, like that worry of kidnapping. I don't, I don't know what happened. It's just, it's kind of gone. And you know, even yeah. talking to Megan, my oldest, she's, 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 she lives like right in the heart of Oceanside, and she says she's never really felt not safe you know right. maybe that right. comes from coming from a culture where this it was safe to walk down the streets and coming here and just being naive you know mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or i don't know but they don't seem to have that same fear yeah well i also think you know that it's similar to the idea of like exposure therapy so a lot of times um with people with ocd you do this exposure therapy of you have this fear often a very irrational fear of something and so the way you overcome it is you expose your tough, yourself to the fear and and you see that oh yeah this thing that i'm afraid of is not actually happening and so i bet there's a lot of that going on where where you have this initial fear and the more time that passes you're like no really really things are okay and it's not that the fear is completely gone or the fear it's just it's just that it's not as heavy you know what I mean? I, I would imagine there's probably a good portion of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now it's like, it's like, this is kind of how fear is processed with me. It's like, all right, is this a life or death thing right here mm-hmm. for either me or my immediate family? And then we'll go to the people outside there. Okay. It's not, well, all right, this, how can we make this the best story ever later? That's kind of where I turn it to once I realize. Yeah, you're you know not, I mean? not going to die. Like, like to wait to to walk out into an empty church uh-huh. where everyone's gone. It's like, all right, I'm not like the story. That story's boring. How can I make uh-huh. this story when I yeah, yeah. tell it? Yeah, yeah. I I well, and that's that's probably a good way to to gain some good life experience right there too. Yeah. Um, so here's, have you, have you ever been afraid of ghosts? Um, no, yes. I don't know. I had kind of a ghost experience very early in life. Uh-huh. That was kind of like one of those moments that like, I don't know that I've ever even, 
I, I remember writing about it in high school <laughs> for my yeah. English class, but like more like, but like, I don't think I ever really like told it where like it was, just, I don't know who it was, some great grandmother at the foot of my bed. Oh, that I, I've, I, I haven't heard this one. I mean, it's, it's not much of a story. It's a blip of a memory uh-huh. in, in like before, like probably four years old. Yeah. In, in the old Hacienda Heights house before Upland, just for your reference, not having people yeah, listening yeah. don't care, but, but, um, and, and just saying like, hello, like, like, hello, hello. And it like had something it wanted to tell me. And I got up to get, get our parents and there was nothing there, of course. And I was stupid, but I never really felt, it was kind of creepy, but I never really felt scared by it. And then like, I don't know, like, I just, I guess I've, I've been scared by the idea of ghosts before, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I've never really enca- been in an encounter in anything that was, I mean, other than like being in high school and going and doing stuff like, like there's an old, like there were, like we used to go spook hunting, you know, yeah, and go yeah. Like walk through abandoned houses and stuff. But I don't know that it was ever really scared of ghosts as it was to be, being scared of like squatters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, because I, I've been, I've been, when I was growing up, I was constantly afraid of ghosts, but I, I think that definitely comes from this, this sense of, um, I was religious based. It was, it was this idea of there is, um, you know, there's a devil and his minions that are trying to influence you. And so that is absolutely where that came from for me. Um, as I've gotten older and as my, my feelings around that have changed, I wouldn't say I experience a fear of ghosts the way I used to when I was younger, but I still, they still have this fear of encountering, encountering, I, I, I don't know, I, I, when I say ghosts, I think people think of it as like this anthropomorphic um, creature based, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily fear that. I just, I sometimes fear encountering some sort of dark energy. And I don't know why, I don't know why I feel that. I don't know if that maybe plays on some sort of internal insecurity that I have or or what, or if it's just residual from growing up, but I'd say that I still carry that a little bit with me. Yeah. I could feel that. I could feel that. Like there's, there's like every, every time I try to, have you ever tried to astral project uh-uh. or like, you know, like leave your body? Uh-uh. Like there's this, this moment, like as you're, there's all these techniques. It's, it's the same thing. It takes practice to do, or some yeah. people can just do it. Yeah. But you lay there and there, there's this point, like right before it, like and I don't know if it, it's really a thing or not because I've never been able to achieve it. But they, right before, where like all of a sudden you start shaking and it gets really like black. It's probably like you lifting through a, the veil uh-huh. that I can't do and I pull back. <laughs> you get too nervous. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm worried I'm going to push through and like really go. It's back back to that fear of death and leaving my kids. Yeah, yeah. Huh. But I wouldn't know. I don't think it's an evil spirit. But I get there's that feeling of that all of a sudden there's this darkness. You know. Yeah. Like kind yeah. of like a blanket. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and then I did also too. Like I'm, I'm remembering, um, our 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 dad's parents, our grandparents had these beds that we used to go stay at their house. Mm-hmm. And in one of the rooms, I feel like I've told the story before. I told it to somebody. One of the rooms had twin beds. Yeah. And, and I might even be remembering the story wrong, but this is the memory that stayed with me and kind of scarred me a little. 
is there were these twin beds and we used to sleep in them. And then one night, grandma told me that these used to be her great, her parents' beds and that my great grandfather had died in it. Oh, really? Like as we're going to bed. Uh huh. And it's like, that's great. So I'm at, at that age, I also have this memory of them telling me how I was the firstborn great grandchild. I've never met this great grandfather. He passed away when I was like two. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd met him. My two-year-old self has met him, but I don't have a yeah. memory of him. Or yeah. if I do, I, at that age, I might have still. But mm-hmm. there's this story about how when he died, he was calling my name. He was going, Marky, Marky. <laughs> and so I'm laying in this bed all night wide awake completely terrified of the man the man the spirit coming back going marky and it didn't happen you know yeah (laughs) like like that's why i say like i've had fears but i haven't had fear i haven't like actually like i guess as you just never confront them it's like well come on man (laughs) it doesn't happen the other way either it's like when you when you you can't achieve the good and you can't achieve the bad it's like all right let's forget fighting for either side and just walk up the middle yeah See, and that's, I, I still, you know, I told the story on the very first episode here of how a girl died in this house. Right. And I, I'm still scared of that. Um, especially since the date is coming up this week and, um, and nothing's happened. And, but I still have these moments. I, it struggled right at first, but I just have these moments every once in a while where I just get this weird sense and, but I, at the same time, I don't know what I'm afraid of. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't like what, what is it? What is it that I think is going to happen? Right. And I'm not saying I don't believe in ghosts. Like there's something might happen. There might be some residual yeah. energy that comes through, yeah. but I, I don't think it's a, a conscious energy or a malicious yeah. energy. It's just energy that's still there resonating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I had to come face to face with it, I might change my my mind really quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, but I don't know. You, you might. Well, yeah. So I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> see, and and I've had, and so here, what happened for me, you know, so like my address is six six six, and for for a long time, and now we've known about this for a couple of years now. So uh, more time that has passed, the less I think about it. But like. For a, a very long time, I would wake up um, at 3.33 in the morning, and I, I would look over, and I'd see the clock, and it's 3.33, so it's like, you know, half of 6.66, and i just get this sinking feeling in my stomach, and so I got to the point where it would happen so much that I would, I would stop looking at the clock, right? I just, I don't even want to know, and, um, and I, I'm sure, like, the, the rational kind of, like, trying to figure out, okay, maybe I'm, I'm sure my mind is, my body's just, it's a big fear of mine. I'm, my, my body's kind of trained to wake up at the same time. It's just like, it's just like on the weekends, I wake up early. You know, a lot of times I'll wake up the same time I wake up for work, um, just because you're used to it, you know? And so, but there's always that little part of me that's like, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe something's waking me up kind of thing, you know? And, uh, and so I don't know, there's, there's just little things like that, that are just really in the back of my head. But I go back to this idea of like, okay, is this, um, you know, if, if, if I kind of think that fears come from these senses of insecurity, or maybe something that um, I value that I'm worried about, I still don't quite know where that fits in there. 
Um, it's probably just the sense of the unknown uh, that probably terrifies me more than anything. Um, here's, here's something that you probably haven't considered. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you weren't considering it then. Mm-hmm. And so it was unknown. Is I think about probably when that was happening to you two, three years ago, uh-huh. about 99% of the population of Earth was waking up and looking at the clock at 3.33. It was kind of this phenomenon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... It doesn't I mean I think it used to be you'd look at Instagram and all it was was like people taking pictures of 111 11 11 333 you know what I mean it's like, and, yeah, it, and yeah. stories of it too waking up at that 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 time and it was kind of like this big the angel numbers and it seems like it's passed I know I don't wake up and look at the clock at 333 anymore but there as you're saying that I'm realizing that around that time there was this phenomenon where it was yeah. happening to a lot of people yeah well, that definitely makes me feel better. <laughs> you know what I mean? That definitely makes me feel better. But that's a whole and, new mystery. Like, what is that yeah, all what, about? Yeah, what's, what's totally what is that all about? And what was weird is, and I can't remember if I said this on that first episode, but the lights would flash in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the stairwell is kind of by the kitchen. There's like this door that opens down to the basement. And, um, and, and, and the, the, the lights don't flash anymore. Um, I took the light apart, and so I'm, I'm sure it was some sort of wiring issue, but it was just kind of weird I, that I it happened. interesting to know when that was happening, because there a couple of years ago, there was this big blood moon and this big uh-huh. release of energetic, like everybody lost their mind. And and that's kind of like when you look back at people who say they have like these spiritual awakenings, it all yeah. traces back to that like particular night. I mean, even I know like there were big things going on in my life at that time, and I was just be kind of becoming aware of this stuff. Yeah, and I'm just I wonder if it was like right around that time because there was it, crazy energy it, just in the world, it, just with the way that things were orbiting, like just it would scientifically, you know what I mean, just in uh-huh. the way things orbit, uh-huh. physics. It would have been, I I want to say four years ago. It probably would have been roughly. 2015 early 2015 um so you know it's almost 2019 so yeah almost four years ago it's probably because i i remember we uh we made a trip to disneyland and it was shortly after we had found all this out and i remember us talking about it and i remember being relieved that i wasn't at the house because we were staying <laughs> staying in hotels as we were traveling out there um so it probably would have 2014 was a full lunar eclipse oh look at that and hang on wait what was the big blood moon day september 27th 2015 no so in between those two look at that you're on to something chad hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's your favorite scene from what's eating gilbert grape oh um probably big boy's gonna wash himself <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the tragic one where he left him in the cold. Yes, yes, that is very sad, <laughs> but girl. I love that. I love that line. <laughs> oh. Or I, Jerry, give me back my son. That's a good one, too. Yeah. For me, it's lines. What's yours? <laughs> oh, man, I like when uh, when he, when she goes, don't run away on mama like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We used to say that all the time. Something like that. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I don't know what made me think of that. <laughs> uh, well, we used to we used to say that to each other, so I'm sure it's Chad. I'm Probably, sure it's your inner yeah, Chad. Exactly your inner Chad. Your Chad it. wanted to say it. 
So, well, yeah, about forty minutes. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, well, I guess my my gist is been thinking about fears really is all it is i didn't have a ton to what say you, why, what are you afraid of now why are you thinking about fears i don't all of a well is this this week was the, the big the big component I, this week has been on my mind because of the my son was talking about that's his fear and then i was away where i was afraid something's going to happen and then this is the week that uh the the um the girl died you know however many years ago so i think that is just pressing on my brain well, I, I would recommend just trying to figure out how to make it a great story later. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do uh, <laughs> do some. I, I'm I'm too afraid to do anything that would. <laughs> and the reason why is because I'm afraid something really will happen. Yeah. Well, even when you know something's I mean? happening, make it a good story. <laughs> I'll try to remember that in the moment. <laughs> oh man, this is going to make a really great story. <laughs> Hey, yeah. I, read a, I read a meme today that said that when the human brain, when you, when a person dies, the human brain stays alive and active for like seven to eight minutes. And uh -huh. in those seven to eight minutes, it is re, it is like going back through all your memories and replaying your life. But huh. time is not really relevant, so it seems like it's like stretched out more than like mm -hmm. those seven minutes. And what mm -hmm. if right now we're in like minute five? Huh. I, have you ever, oh, I can't remember the name of the scientist, but he has done all sorts of, he has all sorts of like Nova documentaries and, and little videos about time. And you go down that rabbit hole, man, it, it will mess with your brain. And I think there's, I don't know, this whole idea of time being cyclical or not like having a beginning and an end. And I don't know, man, I think, I think there's something to it in some way. I just, uh, be exciting to see what what more they can find out. There you go. But, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk again next week. Okay. We'll find the time well, uh, that works. Yeah. I'll let you know if anything happens. All right. This has been uh, Sabat Shalom with Brother Doug. He lets me tag along. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. Huh? <laughs> and uh, Smith and Lions Radio. Have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Enjoy.